Hi, this is Adam, uh, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're so glad to have you listening to our podcast. This morning's sermon from Luke chapter 7, verses 7 through 11 is ask, seek, and knock. May you be a person of earnest prayer. The word of our Lord from the prophet Isaiah. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. As you're turning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, I'll take a few minutes. I know some of you are um, eager to hear how my trip to Haiti was, and so I will, um, I'll share just briefly about that. Uh, I've got a lot of pictures, a lot of video footage that, uh, much like I, I took last year when I was there, last January. And so um, Lindsay is working on trying to make, or will be working on trying to make some of those pictures better than they are because I'm horrible at taking pictures. And, um, but, uh, you know, anytime, anytime I, someone asks me, so what, what's it like in Haiti? I always use two words. It's, it is tragic and it is beautiful. It, uh, and I, and, you know, I'm not trying to be, I'm not, I'm not trying to be hip and, you know, uh, maybe I'm trying to be a little bit hip, <laughs> but it, it is, it is, uh, there are some of the most tragic things to see there. Uh, there's poverty that I can't even imagine. Even being there, I, I can't imagine what it's like um, to live in those conditions and to uh, to call home what most of the people of Haiti call home. Um, and yet, there's some of the sites are the most beautiful sites I've ever seen. Um, the mountains are incredible. There's a citadel up on a mountain that that uh, uh, that overlooks the entire island, and it's it's incredible the the, the structure that was built, I guess a couple hundred years ago. Um, the people there, there, um, many of them, their lives are very tragic. Many of them, their lives are uh, filled with despair and hopelessness and. Um, Really, the things that you do when you're despairing and hopeless. You know, they search for 
power wherever they can find it. If if that means going to church, then fine. If that means uh, going to uh, to the witch doctor, fine. Um, but then there are others whose lives are incredibly beautiful and really ha- teach me a lot about what it is to live with integrity for God and what it is to live a life that is that or live live a life with a heart that is completely His and that is so desperate for Him and. Um, and so it really is. It's it's a it's a nation filled with tragedy and yet with beauty. And the work that uh, that we do there at Emmaus, it's now Emmaus uh, University of Haiti. And it's, to my knowledge, it is the only uh, fully accredited uh, Christian university on the whole island, which would include the Dominican Republic, uh, fully accredited by the I think the Caribbean Accreditation of Theological Schools or something. Something's the name of the accrediting. Uh, agency, but um, they're doing incredible work there. Their attendance has has grown incredibly, even in the the year that I've been teaching there. And it's got nothing to do with me. It's got to do with the team that they're building down there. Uh, the the full time missionaries have, I believe, doubled since I was there a year ago. And there's so much more work to be done. And uh, the week that uh, that I was there, I was with with Stan Key, the president of uh, Francis Asbury Society, and they had him there to preach. Through, uh, throughout the week in our chapel services because it was a holiness emphasis week. And so every chapel that uh, that we gathered, he was preaching on the doctrine of holiness and how God's grace is able to transform our hearts and through transforming our hearts is able to transform our lives. And um, uh, to see... Uh, to see these students and to see these missionaries and professors um, seeking God so diligently throughout the week for transformed hearts and transformed lives so that He can transform a people uh, throughout the the island, specifically the nation of Haiti. It was an incredible thing to behold and it was an incredible thing to be a part of. Um, I'm a, I'm a ready talker about my uh, my experience down there. So if if you want to know more, if you want to uh to ask me questions, ask me anything and and let's definitely talk. Let's get together and talk. Let's uh try to figure out a time where we can have maybe folks over to the house again and look at some uh some photos and and watch some video footage. Um some of you did that last year after I came back and it I, I don't think it ever gets old looking at some of those photos, but um We'll figure out opportunities to, and ways to, uh, to share a little bit more. But that's just kind of a, a nutshell of, uh, of what the experience was like. And hopefully I've bought enough time for you to find Matthew chapter seven. Matthew, the first, uh, the first book of the New Testament should be fairly easy to find. And there in chapter seven, we are going to read verses seven through eleven. The word of our Lord from the gospel. Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Father, please bless the reading of Your Holy Word. Bless it to our hearts. 
Bless it to our lives. Lord, give us eyes to see what you have for us today. Give us ears to hear what you want to say to us today. And Lord, give us hearts that are open and ready to respond to you as you see fit. Lord, help us to ask. Help us to seek. Help us to knock. And help us to do these things diligently. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. This is a commonly known passage of Scripture. Most of us have heard this text. Most of us are very familiar with it. Most of us could probably even, uh, for better or worse, uh, quote it. We might get a few words wrong here and there, depending on the translation we're we're used to. But this is a, a pretty common and pretty familiar text to most of us. And honestly, this idea of asking and seeking and knocking, this idea of prayer, is a it's a pretty elemental subject in the life of a believer. You know, we sometimes miss what's right under our noses. Something that's right there, we often overlook it. We often uh, neglect it because we sometimes neglect even the most basic of activities. I can't tell you how many times and how often Lindsay and I get frustrated with our kids for simple things like it's two in the afternoon, you have not brushed your teeth yet? What are you doing? You've been up, you've had two meals already, you've been talking to everybody in the house, and you've got dragon breath, is what I call it. You know, we often neglect the most basic of things in life. If you're not careful, if you're a busy person, and you're, you're having to work so much from within your home, you'll realize that two, three, maybe even four days have passed and you've not showered. Um, it's, it's, it's human nature that we so often miss what's right there before us and we so often neglect some of the most basic things of life. Some of you are laughing. Some of you are wondering, wait a minute, when was the last time I showered? <laughs> no hands up, no hands, all right? Question, when was the last time you trusted the Lord for a miracle? I mean really trusted Him. And I mean really a miracle. Something that could not happen apart from Him. Apart from Him moving. Apart from Him working. Apart from Him intervening. When was the last time you really sought Him? Really desperately needed Him. I think we always desperately need Him. I think the problem is we don't always recognize that we desperately need Him. When's the last time you prayed believing, really believing, cried out with those desperate prayers for God to do something, for Him to move, for Him to work, for Him to intervene, believing that He really heard you, Believing that He really cared. Believing that He might actually respond. That He could do something. That He would do something in your behalf. I was reminded this week of why we pray. And it, and it hit me out of nowhere. Um, I think the first full day that I was... No, I think it was the first day, I think it was Friday evening, we were gathered around a dinner table and I'm there with the Heckmans and 
they brought up Phil's family and what all was going on in his family. And I said, I said, Phil, I haven't thought of your parents in a while, but when I got back last January, I shared with, uh, with Lindsay some of what's going on with your mom and your dad and the situation that was going on there. His dad was in pretty bad health and there were some things that were going on and his dad was lost in need of Jesus. And, uh, and I told him, we prayed almost daily together for your dad and for your mom stuff going on in your family and we prayed that your dad would become a Christian and he said that his dad had the most dramatic conversion that his dad had gone from this grumpy man who wanted nothing to do with God to a man whose life was filled with joy he'd given his heart to Jesus and it suddenly hit me, kind of unexpectedly. I said, I haven't thought of your dad in months, probably. But we prayed diligently for a while there. And I said, I needed to hear that. I needed to be reminded that God is still in the business of answering prayers. Do we still believe that the Lord can change the human heart? That He wants to make people new? You see, what I've brought back from Haiti is not just some terrible pictures. I take very terrible pictures. And not just wild stories, even though there are a lot of wild stories to be told. And what I've brought back is not just some profound insights. Really, what I've brought back is the simple reminder that above all else, we need to be people of the Word and people of prayer. People who earnestly search the Scriptures. His Word to us. God, what do you have to say to me? How have you revealed yourself to me? How can I know you better? How can I know you more? How can I trust you in my life better and more? And people who earnestly cry out to Him from the depths of our souls in prayer. Um, just a few days ago, one of the last days I was there, we're sitting at lunch and we're sharing some stories and couple of the, the missionaries there are sharing stories that are kind of crazy. And one of them was a story about Ray Easley. Now, he was a dean at Wesley Biblical Seminary when I was a student there. David knows him very well uh, as a board member of Wesley Biblical Seminary. He's no longer at WBS. But there was a time where he was a, a visiting professor down at Emmaus. This is several years ago. And apparently, you used to have to travel with a yellow card. And that yellow card was kind of proof of immunization. And there was a time where you had to present your proof of immunization in order to get through customs and whatnot. And Dr. Easley is down there. You no longer have to have the yellow card. And he's standing in line waiting to get through uh, customs. And a guy comes up over to him and asks him, I need to see your yellow card. And he says, I don't have a yellow card. And he says, well, you've you got to have a yellow card or you're going to have to, uh, you're gonna have to go talk to them and they're not going to let you through. You're not going to be able to get, get, get through customs. And he says... I don't have a yellow card and I don't have to have a yellow card. So the guy kept kind of moving along beside him in line and keeps harassing uh, Dr. Easley about this yellow card, which Dr. Easley doesn't have. And uh, the guy eventually says, hey, look, look, I don't want you to 
end up getting into trouble. I don't want you to have to go over and talk to those those guys over there at security and whatnot. And I want to help you get through the island or get through customs so that you can, you know, do what you're doing here on the island. And uh, so if you just give me twenty dollars, then I'll 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 get you through, and you won't have any problem not having your yellow card. And he says, I'm not giving you twenty dollars, and I don't have my yellow card. I'm getting through customs. Leave me alone. So the guy keeps at him, keeps persisting. And so he says, you got to decide what you're going to do. You're going to give me your yellow card. You're going to pay me $20. You're going to go talk to them. And he says, which is it? Dr. Easley says, I'm going to pray for you. That's what I'm going to do. So the guy says, okay. He bows his head. Dr. Easley puts his hands on his shoulders. I'm probably embellishing here, but this is how I heard it. He puts his hands on his shoulders and starts crying out, God, I thank you for bringing me here to Haiti. I thank you for this man. I know that he's trying to get money from me, and he's not going to get that money from me. And Lord, if he tries to get money from another, another uh, one of these people here, I pray that you would strike him dead. And the guy jumped up, took off running down the hallway, not to be seen again. That was a man that believed in prayer. That was a man that was convinced that what Dr. Easley was praying, and he might have been joking, he might have been serious, I don't know. But that was a man who was convinced that God heard the prayers of Dr. Easley. Ian Bound said that prayer is the language of a man burdened with a sense of need. Why do we pray? Because we need God. Not just need Him to meet our needs. Yes, that. But we need Him in the totality of our lives, in the depths of who we are. We need Him. And so prayer is that language that we use as we are burdened with that sense of need. John Wesley said, God does everything by prayer and nothing without it. Ian Bounds also said, prayer moves God. You know, we don't always pray with a great sense of need, of urgency and dependency. We don't always pray as if the future depends on it. No, we often pray like fatalists. As though whatever's going to happen is just going to happen. And so really, why are we praying anyhow? We don't always pray like prayer does anything, really. But in prayer, the God who created heaven and earth invites us to join Him in His work. He specifically asks us, invites us, welcomes us, calls us, asks what you will. Make your requests known. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. Lay your burdens at my feet because I can bear them and you can't. He invites us willingly, gladly to join Him in His work. It's almost as if every day for God is like bring your kid to work day. And we don't always take God's invitation to prayer seriously enough. Think of this. What could God 
do with your life if you were desperate for Him? If you were desperately surrendered to Him? If you were willing to pour out your heart from the depths of your soul to Him? What could God do with your life? What could God do with our church? Why don't we reach more people? Why don't we see God putting more lives back together? Why don't we see God moving in our communities more? Why is our nation and the communities of our nation, why are they in the state that they are in? In large part, it's because God's people aren't desperate enough for Him. The Apostle James said, you have not because you ask not. Not because it's not possible, not because it's just not in the cards, not because you haven't done enough, but you haven't done the one thing needful enough. And the one thing needful for Mary was to sit at the feet of Jesus, the Master. The Apostle James also says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. It avails much. It accomplishes much. Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, if your friend arrives in the middle of the night and you have nothing to eat, but you beat on your neighbor's door for some food, crying out, the pantry's empty. The fridge is, is without. Help me. Eventually, He's going to give you something. If for no other reason than to get you to simply shut up and leave Him alone. And then He poses the question, how much more willing is your Heavenly Father to answer your prayers? He also told a parable. There was a judge who had no fear of God and had no respect for other people. And there was a widow in the community who had been done wrong by someone else. And she kept badgering that judge who had no fear of God and had no respect for other people. She was seeking justice, badgering the judge. He had never settled her dispute, so she just kept at it. Eventually, he caved so that she'd just back off and give him some peace, Jesus said. And so he poses the question, will not God answer the prayers of His people if they cry out to Him day and night? Luke adds commentary, and he says specifically, Jesus told them this parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I'm reminded of blind Bartimaeus in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus' disciples are coming along and here's this man named Bartimaeus who's blind. 
and he hears that Jesus is coming. Jesus of Nazareth. A prophet he had heard about. A miracle worker he had heard about. A Messiah that he was expecting. And he cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the disciples are kind of perturbed by the nuisance. Like, good grief, shut up, man. We got things to do. We got work to do, things to accomplish, places to be, people to see. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, I want to see that man. Then the disciples change their tone. Oh, hey, Bartimaeus, come on, come on, come on. Jesus wants to see you. The Master wants to see you. Come on. And Jesus asks Bartimaeus a simple question. What do you want? Name it. Tell me what you want. And Bartimaeus' response is so simple and so clear, it's like crystal. I want to see. Jesus' response is, it's yours. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Why don't we pray earnestly? A few possibilities of why we don't pray earnestly. We think we can handle our problems. Sure, we might pray out of piety, but really, we know how to deal with the problems. We know how to fix what's wrong. We know the things that we can do to make a situation better. Perhaps we don't want to bother God. And we think of prayer as simply about surrender to His will. And it is about surrender to His will. But the Scriptures are also so plain and so direct in saying, cast your cares on Him. Make your requests known to Him. Ask. Seek. Knock. But we don't want to bother God. We don't want to be a burden to Him. But in the stories that Jesus tells, He's specifically calling us, burden the the Father with your desires. Badger Him if you must. He is your good Father who knows how to give good gifts far better than you know how. Sometimes we don't pray earnestly because we're just simply far too easily satisfied with just getting by. 
And I think that might be at the heart of why the church in our culture is what the church in our culture is. We are powerless. We are despairing. We are lacking passion. We can get passionate about a lot of things, but we don't seem to get passionate about living fully for Jesus and about His kingdom being realized in our lives and in our midst. We are far too easily satisfied. We've got life and we've got it pretty good. And as long as we can pay the bills and meet budget and maybe see a few things that bring a little bit of joy here and there in our lives, we're good with it. The Scriptures call us. They call us to something bigger than that. They call us to pray earnestly. They call us to pray honestly, to be sincere, to not have mixed motives in our prayers, but simply to, to, to lay our desires at God's feet and to pray honestly about what's going on in life, to pray honestly about those things that burden us. They call us to pray earnestly, with passion, with meaning, with, with the depth of our souls. They call us to pray persistently, making our requests known to God. It's not a burden to Him. They call us to pray constantly in all things. No matter what's going on in life, to have that constant communion and that constant means of communication, line of communication open to pray without ceasing. To offer up our prayers to God on a continual basis. And so we'll end where we began. When's the last time you trusted the Lord for a miracle? When's the last time you prayed desperately in believing. I'm convinced in each and every one of your lives, that's one of the cool things about pastoring a small church is I can kind of know a little bit about what's going on in each and every one of your lives. I'm convinced that in each and every one of your lives, God wants to do exponentially more than you can imagine. He wants to do more than He has done. He wants to do more than you're willing to let Him do. And so that's that's the trick. That is the, 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 the game changer is trusting Him with more. Is allowing Him to do more. And I'm convinced, completely convinced, that God wants to do more than we can imagine through us. 
You've heard me say before the Scottish Presbyterian, George MacDonald, said, God is easy to please, but hard to satisfy. Sometimes we're the exact opposite, I think. We are far too easily satisfied, but we never really seem pleased. Ask. Seek. Knock. Trust God for more. Trust Him with more of who you are. Trust Him to do more in your life than He has. Trust Him to do greater things than we can even get our minds around. Because He wants to. His desire is not what is at issue here. He is a good Father and He knows how to give good gifts. Ask, seek, knock. Father, we pray that You would help us to surrender more of our lives to You, to surrender more of our hearts to You. Lord, help us to surrender ourselves as Your people, as Faith Methodist Church, to be completely and totally surrendered to You. Lord, help us to ask of You what we will. To seek You while You may be found. And to knock at the doors of heaven that You might do something on earth. that is miraculous, that is beautiful, that is heavenly. Lord, help us to be people of Your Word and help us to be people of diligent and earnest prayer. Holy Spirit, move among us. Have Your way with us. Convict us where we have not trusted our Heavenly Father. Enable us to surrender ourselves more completely to Your work. We pray all of this in the name of Your Son, Jesus. Amen. If you don't yet have a communication card, Bill, do you mind passing them around a little bit to those that are needing them? Please take advantage of those communication cards. Get them in the offering plates that we'll be passing it in just a, a moment. But um, as to the extent that you're able, be honest with me on the back of there how you want me to be praying for you. I want to be praying for the things that you're praying about. And um, I want to know better how to be praying for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father Almighty, Creator and Sustainer of all things, who sent Your only begotten Son to redeem all things, we love You. We worship You. We surrender ourselves to You. And we are Yours. 
You made us for Yourself and You are the One for whom our hearts desperately long. You are the source of all that is true, of all that is good, of all that is beautiful. And so You are the One in whom we find joy unspeakable and full of glory. Your goodness toward us never wavers and Your mercies are new each and every morning. Thank You for loving us so passionately and so faithfully. As we gather together as Your people this morning and worship You in the name of Your dear Son, Jesus, thank You for being with us through Your Holy Spirit. We want to know You more fully and we want to trust You more completely. Lord, help us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, You are always faithful. You are always good. We love You. Almighty and everlasting God, You watch over all things, both in heaven and on earth. With great mercy, please hear the prayers of Your people. And in the midst of our lives, please give us Your peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever, we pray. Amen. You'll please be seated. Take a few moments before the ushers come to take up the Lord's tithes and our offerings. Take a few moments and be sure to write on your communication cards how I can be praying for you. Uh, As we say always, I'm the only one that sees those cards. I'm the only one that gets them. And I want to know better how to be praying for you. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. May we go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.